When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. What's the, what's the offensive aspect of having him? Well, the offensive aspect is that, you know, the gravity that he creates when he rolls to the hoop just distorts the defense. It just, you have to. Um, we feel that this acquisition fits really well into D'Angelo Russell's game. He's outstanding with a rolling big. Uh, makes great plays in the paint, has patience to make the late play, uh, and he can always make that pull-up shot that's really in his wheelhouse right there. So that component we feel like can come alive for us a little bit more. Ooh, little Finchie. Finchie. Summer League is the best, man. It Summer is. League's gone from being this obscure thing to now it's just where all the, the stars congregate. You got Finch filling some time on the ESPN broadcast there. Um this is Feedback Friday, by the way, and this is a rare, very rare off day for Judd Zolgad. Yeah. I can't remember the last time he actually took – is it pre pan Has has he taken a day off other than, like, Christmas or something? Has he taken a day off since the pandemic? I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to think because I can't remember the last time you and I have just done a show, us two, in the last like year and a half outside of WrestleMania reviews. So no, I don't. I don't think he has. The dude, dude is a workaholic. <laughs> I always joke with family and friends like, if there was eight days in a week, Judd would work eight of them. Like he he does. Judd loves to work. But yes, the rare off day for Judd Zolgad, not on the show today. Yeah, so he's uh, he's got a, a little family wedding, which I'm sure he's thrilled about to be social for the weekend. <laughs> we'll get that recap on Monday for oh, statements. But this is a feedback Friday here. You can find Action Movie Rewind also. Here this weekend on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed, Scorn with YouTube channel, where we go back to 1997 and tell people to get off my plane with Air Force One. But uh, let's do a little couple Timberwolves things here. You can always hit us up via the Scorn North app, Twitter, YouTube comment section. Uh, we also have Scorn North TikTok and Instagram accounts that are active on a daily basis. So Stuart Norris via the Scorn North app. He says people are clowning the Wolves after signing Austin Rivers last night, saying maybe now they can get the sixth seed. I haven't seen some of that clowning, but uh, yeah, Austin Rivers can be kind of a punchline in NBA circles. I say keep sleeping on the Timberwolves, and we'll see you in the Western Conference Finals, wow. chumps. So I like the Austin Rivers signing. Veteran minimum, I think the veteran minimum is like $1.8 million, and it's pretty much all they can afford at this point he this will now be his let's see seventh NBA team in the last 10 years he spent the most years with the Clippers he was like three and a half years with the Clippers going to the playoffs and then he was with Denver 
these last couple seasons. Decent three-point shooter. Um, fairly solid on-ball perimeter defender as well. He's just going to be like a you know 15 to 20-minute rotational guy. And so this is, right now, this is the Timberwolves roster and rotation. So their starting lineup as of today is Gobert and Cat up front. And then you have Jade McDaniels probably starting at the three, Anthony Edwards at the two, D'Lo at the, at the point, and running pick and roll with Gobert and Cat. It's a pretty damn good starting five. Yeah. And then you've got Kyle Anderson, lanky, good defender. Torian Prince, we saw what he can do last year. Austin Rivers. Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, Nas Reed, Bryn Forbes is the three-point shooting specialist they signed, pretty much to take the place of Malik Beasley for like $15 million less. And then there are two main draft picks that they didn't trade away, Wendell Moore and Josh Minot, who you're watching in Summer League. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's a solid roster. I, I think the only question I have for Austin Rivers, who, by the way, has been like effect, still an effective offensive player, like per 100 possessions, he's a positive player. Like when he's on the court, he he does create offense, and yeah, he's not a liability defensively necessarily. I think the only question I have, because I saw this thought float around after they signed him late last night, was what does this mean for Jalen Noel? Like, does this potentially take away minutes? Does this, does this take away opportunities from Jalen Noel, who Chris Finch has been talking glowingly about, right, so far through Summer League yeah. when the COVID ball, when, when the team was ravaged with COVID in, in during the holidays of last year, you know, he was kind of their guy playing 38, 40 minutes out of necessity, but also the dude was balling out and was actually a really effective player, but then got lost mm-hmm. in the shuffle by the time uh, the roster was healthy and things were in the playoffs. So I think my only question is, does the Austin Rivers signing also put a little bit of clamps or any type of restrictions now on Jalen Noel? It's a good question. I think, so I'm just trying to do some minutes math here. So Pat Bev and Beasley gone. Who all went in the, uh, Pat who Bev, am I missing there? Beasley, Pat Bev, Beasley, Balmero. They brought back Torian Prince, Balmero, yeah. yeah. But you're basically trying to replace Pat Bev and Beasley minutes. And that, like, before they brought in Kyle Anderson and before they brought in Austin Rivers, Jalen Noel had moved up a lot on the depth chart there. And Bryn Forbes, I don't think Bryn Forbes takes up a ton of minutes. So, yeah, this might eat into Jalen Noel a little bit, but I don't I don't know that, like, Austin Rivers is, God, the guy's got, I mean, he's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he did start 18 games for Denver last year, so just depending on lineup combinations, like, there is a case to be made that he could get some starts. But if Jalen Noel impresses, I don't think you're going to say, oh, man, <laughs> You look great, Jalen, here in the early going, but we need to find 25 minutes for Austin Rivers. So I, I think it's, I guess what I'm saying is I think it's easier for Jalen Noel to, if he earns it, to eat into Austin Rivers minutes or to eat into like Bryn Forbes minutes. Yeah. Um, or even Torian Prince minutes than it would be if Pat Bev is on the roster making $13 million to be the soul of your defense and your culture you know yeah and you know austin rivers isn't the dog necessarily that pat bev is but the guy has played in 60 playoff games and this is a team that yeah. got to their first taste of the playoffs with their core this year and rudy gobert's obviously been there too but i mean that kind of experience is invaluable whether he's even not cracking the rotation or not playing more than 15 minutes a night i think having a dude that has been to 60 playoff games and has made a couple runs throughout the nba uh, playoffs with houston and la uh is valuable to the wolves so even if it's not an on-court contribution that guy and that presence in the locker room I think is big for a young team that hasn't been able to crack the surface and really sniff deep playoff runs yeah like like he's not he's not one of your five six seven main guys necessarily and if he is it's because he's earned it over a a couple other guys on the roster so 
Um, so I'm, I'm here for it. He's not an amazing player. He can sometimes I think he thinks he's better than he is, and sure. he can just kind of try to take over in certain situations. But uh, we'll see. Okay, so, uh, Sefan Kaveni, I think I'm getting that right on YouTube. He says, "Why are you guys hating on D'Lo when they took D'Lo out of Game Six? That was Finch's fault. The playoffs weren't D'Lo's fault. Cat didn't play well. Ant dribbles the ball all the time and shoots dumb threes." At least D'Lo passes. I don't know why people don't like D'Lo. Okay, I feel like we have to put a reminder out every few weeks on this show. <laughs> Criticizing players is not hating players. Okay, like if if you view any sort of criticism, fair criticism, by the way, of a guy that shoots 33% in the playoffs in his career, if you view that as hating, I don't know. I mean, maybe we're just not the show for you. Maybe you need to find somewhere that everything is pie in the sky and everyone's great and no, nothing is anyone's fault ever. But by the way, aren't you hating on Chris Finch? Right. So we're hating on D'Lo. You just hated on Chris Finch. Why are, why are you a Chris Finch hater and a cat hater? If, if you're going to blame us for hating D'Lo, then maybe you should uh, own up to your Finch hatred. So just for fun here, um, this is not hatred. These are facts, okay? So here are D'Lo's shooting percentages game by game over his last eight playoff games, Dex. This goes back. This is the six games against Memphis and then the two back-to-back losses to finish out Brooklyn's series against the Sixers a couple years back. Yeah. In those eight games, D'Lo has shot 31% from the field, 18%, 18%, 27%, 42%, which is his best in any of these games, 25%. 40%, 42%. That's atrocious. That's pretty bad. And that's why Chris Finch wasn't actively looking for a reason to put him on the bench for the final five or six minutes. He just played his way to the bench. You know, I, I kind of scoffed the idea um, when the Wolves and Wild playoff run was kind of overlapping there uh, in, in May that, you know, D'Lo and Fiala are basically the same guy. Um, but there is some parallels there to it. Uh, you know, Fiala was yeah. a great goal scorer and a great playmaker. Um, D'Lo also same thing and the guy's got a great shot and when he gets hot he can really he can carry a team to a win um, I thought he made big strides last year defensively D'Lo that is and and he's a little bit of a gambler but he also has awareness he's what I what I was really impressed by last year watching him and watching just a lot more Timberwolves basketball than I had in previous seasons um, the dude has like you can just tell as someone who doesn't watch a lot of ball the guy has a, a ton of basketball IQ like he does when mm-hmm. he's when he's being a floor general the the I think the frustrating part is then that basketball IQ doesn't sometimes turn into the basketball awareness, where then he does feel like the need he has to chuck, to feel like he does have the need to take the game over and have the ball in his hands the whole time, when, honestly, I'd rather have Cat or Ant taking that shot than D'Lo necessarily. Um, so sometimes, for whatever reason, he lacks some of that awareness, but his basketball IQ is there. I, I like letting it ride here with D'Lo, but I, I understand why um, people get frustrated with his game, and I don't think there's anything wrong with criticizing it. Yeah, my actually my stance on D'Lo, you know, as it pertains to his Timberwolf status, the last three months has changed a lot because my my first thought was, well, you only really have room for the the, the three guys you have right now in Cat, Ant, D'Lo. I don't see how you're going to add a fourth to that mix contractually or whatnot. So I I'm looking to replace D'Lo with someone that's just more efficient or just more more effective overall for the thirty plus million dollars. But then they found a way to land Rudy Gobert without giving up D'Lo. Mm-hmm. And now you look at this thing, and it's like, okay, um, if D'Lo can run in a contract season, pick and roll off 
Gobert and Cat and just be a straw that stirs the drink and maybe be a little more self-aware, as you kind of put it, in the fourth quarter, this could work out really well for him and the Timberwolves at the end of the season. Uh, I think the concern I would have once you get to the end of the season is his contract comes off the books, but you're st- I think you're still over the cap or close to it. So you're, you're not just going to be able to lose him and then just go sign another $30 million point guard unless you make a trade or a sign-in trade or something. So what what will your options even, even though he's not the perfect point guard and we've talked about his flaws, you got to be careful just kind of putting yourself in a spot where, well, now Jordan McLaughlin's going to be the point guard biting off more than he can chew for 30, 35 minutes. So I'm, I'm, that's a year down the road right. and can kind of cross that bridge as it comes. But uh, I guess the moral of the story here is it's not hating a player if you are justifiably criticizing a really bad playoff performance. So um, let's see here. Uh, we got some twin stuff here. Zach spies via the score North app says if we can get three top of the line arms in the bullpen and rotation at the trade deadline, uh, or if, or if we can't get three top of the line arms, at the trade deadline, I'm punting on the season. I don't care about winning the division and making the playoffs. We're not, if we're not going to make moves that put us in championship contention, then make a move to trade Correa or Kepler or anyone else that will get us there next year. This is my idea. This was your idea from a month ago, yeah. And I stand by it in the next two or three weeks. So the Twins, as constructed, they're not running through the Yankees and the Astros in the playoffs. No. So, So you either need to add two or three big pieces to your bullpen or your rotation. Oh, I'm not saying they should trade Correa, but right. if you're not going to make a move and push forward, then, I mean, he can be a free agent in two or three months. Then, oh, wouldn't you want to leverage that value? I get it. Oh. Uh, I I would be pretty shocked if they punted on Correa and they traded him. They'd have to, I think, really go down the tailpipe, or they'd have to have some type of situation where they're just like, Correa's not going to resign, which odds are he's probably not going to, to opt back into his contract, I should say. Uh, but right now, I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. And it's a team that hasn't won a playoff game their last 18 tries. My bar for this season, yeah, I mean, we always try to hit, get championships. We want championship expectations. We want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. My bar for this Twins team is to win a GD playoff game. If they win one playoff game and they lose in that best of three or even get to the ALDS but just win one of those playoff games, I will call this a successful, a successful so, season. So you would, you're, do you think as constructed they can win a playoff game? I, think I know they that's, can. it's baseball, so the answer should be yes. It but. should be yes. It should be yes. But then again, they got spanked yesterday by the White Sox. They had every opportunity. Like yesterday had that classic feel of like, man, they're getting, they, they face a little diversity. They allow two in the first, but then they're getting on base. They're getting hits. There's runners in scoring position, and they could not drive them in. They get their third base coach sabotaging a, a play where he sends a runner. He should never have been doing so. It had that playoff feel where when I watched that, that kind of stuff happen, which I saw happen a ton during the Twins playoff runs against the Yankees and stuff. That's where it's just like, God, just how, how do you not luck into one? Like for the Royals yesterday had to start 10 AAA players because a third of their roster isn't backs and they, yeah. they won. They, they, beat, yeah. they beat Toronto. Like how, how can the Twins just once just luck your way, luck your way into one yeah. playoff Dude, they, win? I don't think they've scored more than four runs in a playoff game in like, I think that's right. Since, since maybe 2004. I think it, so they, how, how do you not just accidentally in one of these last 18 playoff games just score nine runs and win a game yeah. nine to five, nine to one, right? 
like in 06 when Torrey Hunter dives to that ball, and I think it was inside the park home run, right, for, for Oakland. Like, how come that can't happen the other way? Like, why can't, you know, a Brett Gardner in 2010 miss dive for a ball and we get an inside the park home run off that? Like, just oh. one playoff win. That is all I care about. And then if this season, this offseason, if you really want to, hey, we've had a nice core here, but we can get better players if we traded a Max Kepler uh, and whatnot. I'd be for that. That's fine. Uh, but right now, my goal is just just to win a playoff game, and yes, still be buyers too at the deadline. It is it is bad luck to lose eighteen straight playoff games, but they also have done very little to help their own luck. Correct by just their lack of aggressiveness. So I think because I initially tweeted that hot takeout about Correa, I said I, there's two options for the Twins. This is like a month ago, and people glummed onto the second option. I said no, there's two options. Option one is. Be aggressive, make a move, go get a couple relievers and a starter, and make a huge push. But if you're not willing to do that, then option two is, well, you might as well then trade Correa and get something for him. I'd rather do that than walk the middle. And, of course, people glummed on to, he's saying you should trade Correa. No, I'm saying they should trade for three pitchers. Yeah. And I, I guess I don't really understand the point of signing Correa for $35 million and trading for Sonny Gray before the season and then not adding when that so you you did what you needed to be in first place in the division three months into the season. It's exactly the place that you envisioned being in. Why would you do those things and not and then not follow up with more moves at the deadline? And I guess like I'm preemptively criticizing them based on twenty years of the same trade deadline. Exactly. So we'll give them a chance in the next two or three weeks and and see what happens. There is zero percent chance they're going to trade Correa unless they lose like 14 games in a row or something I'd be shocked and and, hey it's cool that they got Correa I was shocked that they you know traded a first round pick for Sonny Gray to two weeks before the season started but yeah just for once just just be buyers and and if that means by the way like losing a Jose Miranda who's fine turning around like that's the cost of poker like that and that's the frustrating part with like the Twins fans is they are pull ads cheap pull ads they don't ever make big moves they don't ever make big trades Hey, what if we had to trade Jose Romano? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't do that. Well, you can't have it both ways like that. Then, and that's what's the frustrating would you, part. Would you trade the, the 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 Miranda thing's interesting because if you feel like he's now just sort of clicking as a major leaguer and he's about to be one of your hottest bats for the next three months, then it might give you pause. But if you feel like, oh, he's really hot for a month, and then he'll kind of settle in as a mostly positionless bat that you can kind of just find organizationally. It does make sense to sell high on him yeah. over the next few weeks. But w- would you trade him and maybe another prospect if it guaranteed a Luis Castillo or if you know if our guy uh, Montas from the Athletics is healthy? If it were him and one of those pitchers mm-hmm. and then a really good reliever, I would do. Would it. you trade Miranda? Yeah, if it's if if Miranda is the first big piece of pie in that trade to get a Luis Castillo, I do it all the time. Um, I know I don't know why you wouldn't also like Castiles. I think believe he is still under contract, so he's not necessarily a rental. I would do that every single time. Like you can definitely find Jose Miranda's fine; is a nice player, and and he might be a solid infielder. But I can get an impact pitcher like Luis Castile that I can control. I would do that every time. Uh, if you had gunk around your lake this time of year, what would you trade for Aquaside? Oh, I would, I would, I would trade a lot because there's nothing worse than than getting the 
the bad vibe of stepping in lake weed and lake algae. They're, they're, it's just awful. Like I, I, The best part about what I love going to Shell Lake for in Wisconsin is it's, it's an aquaside lake. I step in there and I don't got to worry about stepping on a rock or stepping on that gross lake weed or, or gross pond. Ugh, it's the worst thing. It just kills a vibe. Aquaside pellets, too. Helps you remove that product, helps you remove all that lake weed and algae. Uh, give them a call or go into aquaside.com. They're a local company in White Bear Lake. It's a safe product that's, re- that's registered with the EPA and the DNR. Aquaside.com to learn more. Uh, some more baseball stuff here. So we had a conversation last week on Feedback Friday. Just there were some questions about why aren't you why are you guys talking Timberwolves in the summer and not talking more Twins? And kind of said, well, we do we do talk Twins. Maybe we don't hammer Twins talk on a daily basis like like we used to a few years ago. But it just kind of comes down to what because we we get certain metrics and feedback via podcast and YouTube and stuff, and we kind of see what you guys gravitate toward. And it's not Twins baseball as much. And uh, a lot of people responded saying, hey, listen, I am with if you guys could mix in some more Twins talk, I would be interested. And we have seen those messages and we appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ben Reimler chimes in and says via the Score North app, I was really interested in your discussion last Friday about Twins coverage. I'm not here to criticize Score's Twins coverage because in my circle of friends, I'm one of only two people that are interested and invested in the Twins success. With baseball seemingly becoming more of a niche sport. I'm more interested in each of your thoughts on the state of baseball. Given that each of us loves the game, are you worried about the future of the sport? Where do you project MLB will be in five to ten years? Will the league be able to reach and engage younger audiences like NBA and NFL? So out of curiosity, Dex, I went through each league. So not all the teams, but just the league, Major League Baseball, NFL, and NBA social media accounts for TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Because statistically, active users on those platforms spend an average of like 45 to 60 minutes per day on each of those platforms. So you got young people, you know, 18 to 40 years old that are spending like two or three hours a day across Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So if you're not relevant on those platforms, you know, obviously Major League Baseball is still a $10 billion industry. So, you know, they're not going belly up tomorrow. But when you're looking at what's relevant among the younger, section of you know people who are looking to be entertained here's the total followings for each league major league baseball across tiktok instagram youtube 18 million followers okay all right pretty good nfl 43 million followers the nba 104 million followers across instagram tiktok and youtube so no it's it's not i wouldn't use that as the only thing i think like attendance and tv ratings and there's all sorts of things that you would sort of put in a stew and and revenue baseball's it's probably overstated that baseball's dying but when you look at baseball's relevance on platforms where people young people spend hours a day consuming content it doesn't really come anywhere near nfl or nba in 2020 yeah it's it's really bizarre so in 2015 i actually i was like a contract employee with mlb advanced media um i took photos at Target Field, um, the real-time correspondent job. Derek Wetmore also, I believe, had the job before me a few years prior. Um, it was it was a fun job. I got, I got to basically go around and take pictures of batting practice and fans around the game. Like, my role is essentially getting 
the away fans coming to baseball games since that, that away team didn't have the same access, right, that you do at a normal ballpark. So so you were taking creeper photos, creeper from, photos uh, from the bunker, basically. Basically autographs, uh, BP practices, and then like the big one was running out of the field and getting the post-game handshake. was like Those were my big qualities. But during the game, I, ne- I did almost next to nothing. Um, and I thought it was really weird working for them because, number one, they wouldn't allow me uh, to say on my social media sites that I'm working for them, which I found very bizarre. I could put it in my LinkedIn. What? I could put it in my LinkedIn, but I was not allowed to uh, two things. I was not allowed to put in my a social bio like, hey, I'm, I work for MLB Advanced Media. I am this person. Um, Why? I don't know. They wouldn't allow it. And then they also, uh, I could not obviously take credit for any of the photos, which was fine. Like I wasn't going to slap a photo that I took working for MLB and saying Declan Goff took this photo. But like, I thought that was still like a little bit of a gray area of weird of like, I can't repost okay. it. So it's them being, it's them being possessive yep. of their own branded content. I think what they're worried about is, okay, Declan's going to go on social media and yep. put some racist tweets out or whatever. Like, not that you would do that, but like he's going to sure. do something that's inflammatory and our name is going to be attached to his bio and to control that. Let's just not let him do that, which is ridiculous. Because I think it was around that time. This is like, what, six, seven years ago? Yeah. Somewhere in there? 2015. I'm pretty sure Major League Baseball went through Apple Podcasts and any podcast that used the name of a team, like Twins or Orioles or something, they had Apple remove all of those podcasts. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they got them put back up because no one's using your logos or anything. Like you You can talk about the Twins on a podcast. But they were just overly protective of wanting to control their own brand image distribution, everything. And on that exact note, as someone who works in now social media runs score account, MLB does not allow you to tag them in Instagram posts. If you go to right now and you type in Major League Baseball as as a person to tag in your Instagram post, it will not let you. They're the only league that does not allow you to tag them which is also a big reason why they probably are limiting followers because their exposure is now limited and capped because they don't allow it to go out to everybody. It is archaic. Um, Rob Manfred, everyone. Rob Manfred. I would honestly blow up that entire marketing side of of how that is thought about. Like, I I have no idea if... If I was someone in a boardroom right now, it's how can we how can we expand our social media presence? Does is anyone not aware that you can't tag our own league? Other people who go to a Dude. baseball game that say, "Hey, I'm at a game with a hot dog and I'm watching my favorite player play baseball." Uh, sorry, we don't allow you to do that. And I know a lot of people might think, "Well, what does that matter?" Like, it does matter from a marketing and branding standpoint if if the league wants to expand. It does. Um, it it is absolutely. Baffling. It's baffling. Yes, your goal is to reach and connect with as many people as possible with your brand if you're any of these sports. And then, so you know, the more you open up that funnel, even if it's just a short little clip that people see on TikTok, the more you can open up that funnel, it acts as a, a storefront entry for people to come in and maybe eventually go to a game, buy yep. a ticket, consume a game on a on a paid platform, right? So the amount of cluelessness among Major League Baseball, you know, commissioner and the even like the Major League Baseball Players Association, it's like they spent three or four months this offseason in a lockout, mostly haggling over money. And I get it. That's what happens in a labor negotiation. But there's all these other things that are preventing the overall pie from growing. Like they're arguing about a pie that should be bigger if they were to put more thought into how to make it bigger. Anyways, hope, hopefully that answers <laughs> your question, Ben. 
Uh, ben Brewster via the Score North app says, just listen to your feedback Friday last week on the Twins or lack thereof discussion. I'm a huge baseball fan. It's my number one sport by far. I'm about your guys' age. I've been through the same ups and downs. Share with your frustrations on the Twins. I still consume tons of Twins content. Well, I'd like to hear more Twins from Score North. Gleeman and the Geek has become such a juggernaut. Maybe the baseball fans in this market are just gravitating toward them now. I listen to Gleeman and the Geek and to Score North religiously. Personally, I think of them for baseball and you guys as the go-to for Timberwolves and bad action movies. Both are great shows in different niches. Keep it up. Well, I will say, uh, Gleeman and the Geek do a really good baseball podcast, but they're only producing like one, like an hour a week. Yeah. So, so it's not, I mean, even they aren't like flooding with 10 hours of baseball talk every week. And I don't, I don't know why or what their business model is, but, um, it's funny because I think three years ago when we launched Score North in January of 2019, and the Twins embarked on the Bomba Squad season and broke the Major League home run record. One of our ma- and we were mostly doing live radio and right. forming a podcast network over here. I think the filet mignon of our content menu was probably the Score North Twin Show three years ago. It was yeah, it was just a, a five six day a week mm-hmm. live radio show podcast components. I mean, it was like twelve hours a week of just straight Twins discussion and guests. And you know, Glenn Perkins was doing an hour long show. Yeah every single week. And so um, I think, yeah, we talked about this last week. If the twins continue to be relevant, if the twins make a push at the deadline and the audience, if you guys continue, you know, more people get interested, we will ramp it up. Absolutely. I mean, the Timberwolves traded for Rudy Gobert. All right. Go time. Time to go. Yeah. You know, the wild continue to go to the playoffs and, you know, make splashy moves here and there. Time to go. Vikings are always just more popular than anything, but yeah, we're, we're wide open to it, I guess is the, the main message. I, I love baseball, but um, but yeah, it's just it, it's not a coincidence that we just broke down all their social media and marketing problems and why people don't gravitate towards it as much as they do in the NBA and NFL and hell even hockey. Like hockey is a niche sport. Like it is a only select few really really like hockey, but there's more of a demand for it. Like just from a content perspective, if people wonder why why do you even put more focus on the Wild than you do the Twins. Who, by the way, the Wild also have their plenty of playoff fertility, just like the uh, a lot of other men's teams in this town. Uh, it's because there's an there's a demand for it. There are people who want to hear it more than they do with baseball. It, it's a it is kind of perplexing. I get it, but that is that's just where we're at, especially with us only having basically three horses carrying this whole carriage. Um, we only have so much manpower to do, so that's where we put the apples in, in our cart. Yeah. I do feel like we. It's funny because I'm, I'm not ripping on Gleeman and the Geek here, but like Gleeman and the Geek do like an hour, a weekly hour, hour and a half podcast. We talk way more twins than that during a week. It's like we're, we're probably talking between two and four hours of twins every week on Mackie and Judd with Royce. But it's maybe it's not served up. Right. And maybe that's a lesson for us. Maybe I guess if we if we served it up with a brand or something like we used to have with the Scorn Twin Show, it would it would land differently. But uh, that's your feedback Friday here. On Mackie and Judd, a Juddless Mackie and Judd for the first time in like two years. There might have been one other one in there somewhere, but weddings and deaths might get Judd to take a day off or a vacation, which I don't think he has taken since the oh. pandemic, but that's about it. I will love to hear Judd. Actually, you know what? I might just drive to Iowa because I want to experience what Judd is like at a wedding. Like I, I, couple I, beers I, in, couple social beers gathering. In, you know? Do you think he gets on the dance floor? Ah, no, I don't think so, but I would, I would, I want him to. I want to see Judd. I want to stay from Which song would get him on the dance floor? Is it? Well, he has such weird musical Shout? taste. Yeah, like it has to be. 
Judd likes the Beatles and the Replacements. Like, I don't know any of two other bands. <laughs> Judd really and like and those two bands. By the way, even I'm a big Beatles fan because my dad was. Those aren't really two bands you play at a wedding ever. Like they just they don't really. There's die a couple for a Beatles songs in there, but yeah, you're probably Twist you're probably not going to play Yesterday yeah, at a wedding. Yeah, you're not going to play Hey Jude at a wedding. Despite maybe I'm sure Judd that might have been the first dance song for him and Don. Yellow Submarine, boom. Yeah. Judd, Judd's there. The yeah. I gotta go. Uh, but I would love to see Judd at, at a wedding, and I'm I'm curious to hear his takes. I really do. I want to I want to hear him. If anyone, if anyone in Judd's family that's going to be at this wedding this weekend is listening or watching, please take covert video of Judd at a wedding reception. Just want to, just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Right? Just, you can send them to us anonymously if you would like to. He wore a, box uh, is open. Yeah, this was like maybe right before the pandemic, but I forget why, but he, he came in here and he had to do the shows, but he was wearing a full suit. And I, I was like, you're in a suit. <laughs> and then like, I like kind of crashed. I was like, dude, I have suits. Like I wear suits sometimes. Like, no, you don't. You wear hoodies. <laughs> like I've never seen you wear a full button down shirt before. Um, so I'm also curious in the outfit. I wonder what Judd's rocking to this, to this wedding too. Tie, no tie, maybe a casual couple, couple buttons on. Maybe a couple on buttons. Maybe the Livia. Yeah. The Livia lifestyle. He probably, dude, he, he probably hasn't been refitted for a that's suit. True. Right? And that's, he's, that's he prob- key. He's, he's going to have a baggy suit. Oh, that's the worst. Can't be doing Impressive. that. All right, there's your your Feedback Friday here. Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment Speculation Therapy. We will uh, see you guys on Monday.